about this episode. I feel like I say that every episode, but this one, um, like this week's newsletter really felt um, very generative for me to write. Um, and it also felt really good to share. So I, I'm really excited about like reflecting on this week's newsletter with you and sharing it in audio form and um, just like diving into a lot of the questions that the newsletter um, brought up for me and hopefully for you too. But um, this is episode 22 and the newsletter that I'm referring to is Monday's newsletter that was published on July 31st. It is August 2nd, Wednesday, August 2nd, um, when I'm recording this. And the title of this podcast is Lavender Software Centers Our Body and Belonging. Mm. And uh, before I get into the newsletter, I'm going to do the, the you know usual letting you know that, you know, if you are interested in developing some lavender software, which we will talk more about later, but if you're interested in like thinking through that and, and experimenting with um, developing software that centers our body and, and belonging, then um, book a free discovery call with us at cedaschool.com. I'd love to talk through some of your coding goals and kind of explore what this could mean inside your practice of uh, creativity and care work. So let's dive in to this week's newsletter. Now the newsletter uh, at cedaschool.substack.com is actually titled Lavender Software and the Smell of Belonging. And the subtitle is Less Tools for Thought and More Tools for Connection. And it starts with this epigraph, this quote from Howard Rangold, um, the writer of Tools for Thought, published by MIT Press in 2000. Um, here's, here's the quote. The idea that people could use computers to amplify thought and communication as tools for intellectual work and social activity was not an invention of the mainstream computer industry or orthodox computer science, nor even homebrew computerists. Their work was rooted in older, equally eccentric, equally visionary work. You can't really guess where mind amplifying technology is going unless you understand where it came from. That's the end of that quote by, by Howard Rangel. So let's, let's with that quote, with kind of that opening quote, let's dip into the newsletter. It's 2017. And I'm sitting in the living room of my two bedroom apartment in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, residing above a local dive bar owned by a black woman who also happens to be my landlord and sharing space with a cat that isn't mine in a city of 8 million people. 
my imagination could never have pictured a portrait of loneliness this agonizing. Sugary and without flavor, I should be excited, but all I can taste is disappointment. You see, living in New York was a childhood dream I carried around in my body as I came of age. Arguably, this dream was the only constant. My first attempt was my freshman year of college, and this was my second. This time, I came with a renewed mission and an exaggerated resume. The exaggerated resume got me a job managing a restaurant in Manhattan, and the renewed mission had me working on a social media platform for artists. Or was it a dating app for artists? Or was it a LinkedIn for artists? Desperate to reestablish the connection to my creative community that I lost after graduating college, I turned to building software solutions, quote unquote, instead of picking up the phone, instead of writing the love letter, instead of bringing flowers to your door because your place is on my way home from the farmer's market. Months later, I was fired from the job I was unqualified for and unable to pay rent. Gallons of tears later, I was swimming in a grief I didn't yet have the language for. A loneliness so deep I could no longer feel the ocean floor, I returned to my hometown. Sometimes the community you need is the community you have. I closed my laptop and fell into the laps of my people. What happened? I was so focused on building the tools for belonging that I forgot to actually practice belonging. Call my family, show up for my friends, support the art shows of the brilliant folks in my circle, volunteer at the community garden, attend the programming at my local library, walk down to the bar that was literally underneath my feet. This is the slippery trap of building software for deepening connection without actually being connected. Existing on a social media platform doesn't mean we're engaged in a social practice. Showing up on Zoom does not mean we're present. An increased awareness of all the potential events you could attend this weekend might actually increase your felt sense of loneliness. The church of techno-optimism would have us believe that software can solve suffering, but there's no solution for that, only a salve. The salve is is the practice of returning to each other, ourselves and our local ecosystems again and again. Most of the time it requires a knock on the door, a phone call, Hand-picked herbs from your garden in outstretched hands, smelling of rosemary, asking for permission to hold you. I'm most interested in the software that helps sustain this salve, a dewy microclimate of lavender and memory, music and belonging, tools for return. What are the aesthetics of this software? A better question. 
how does it get cultivated and maintained? Yesterday, in a letter I was writing to a cousin serving a life sentence in prison, I told him how I've been thinking so much about speculative practice and the ontology of Blackness, how it makes room for a way of being that is beyond human. Like how a best friend becomes a sibling, an anonymous Southern folktale becomes everyone's family history, a family friend becomes an aunt. The violence of the transatlantic slave trade made relations elastic. In the absence of biological ties, the world became our kin, fractured and scattered. Related to everyone and no one, computers became cousins and trees became uncles. Related to the world, our bodies surviving in residence time, our code still floating around in the same ocean where internet cables reside. Inside this poetic possibility of being a beyond human cosmic slap of connection and relation, what is lavender software? How might I hold you without ever knowing your name? So that was Monday's, that was Monday's newsletter. And, um, oh God, that newsletter was such, it was so complicated to write, but it also was like a very um, cathartic newsletter to write. And I, I realized um, my favorite newsletters are the ones where I'm sharing a little bit of my journey with y'all in hopes that like y'all can hold me too. And that I'm also, the words are also holding you and that things are feeling a little bit, that things are resonating, right? And they're landing somewhere familiar. Um, inside of you, because as much as the software of our time is connecting us, right, it can feel like this superficial connection. Um, and I'm always desiring to go deeper, 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 deeper. Um, but the software seems to be built to go wider and wider and expansive and, you know, like... <laughs> it's often kind of like built for us to assume this choreography or this behavior or dance around expanding, going virtual or not going virtual, going viral, right? Um, expanding territory, touching as much territory as possible, um, getting as much engagement as possible instead of going as deep <laughs> as possible. And um whether it's Substack or Instagram or Zoom um, or Notion, I, like all these tools that we use, um, that I use inside of CETA School and um, inside of my creative practice, I hope that uh, in sharing my personal stories that we can go deeper. So um, some of the questions that were, and before I even get into the questions, I actually um, want to address the footnote in um, this newsletter. And I want to shout out um, the Forefront podcast. Uh, 
Uh, this episode, Collective Intelligence and Tools for Wisdom and Exploration with Charles Roskowski um, of Arena. Charles is one of the founders of Arena. And there was this episode, this podcast episode that I listened to um, a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago. Um, I can't remember when I listened to it, but it had me Googling the phrase tools for thought because I wasn't really familiar with it. Um, and it's kind of about this like class of software that is thinking about software that kind of like um, centers our mind and, and how the computer extends our mind and thus our productivity. Um, and this podcast episode got me Googling tools for thought, which is how I came across Howard, what is his name, last name, Rheingold's quote that I used in the beginning of the um, the newsletter. I haven't read the book, but um, just from like glancing in some of the chapters, there's like an online version of the book that I link to in the newsletter. But just glancing at some of the chapters, it did look like this, it was kind of like an early computing manifesto for how we can become um, more efficient kind of like workers and 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 um and um participants in capitalism but i am probably also like projecting so um give me some grace i haven't read the book i just skimmed some stuff but um this kind of more generally let's step away from how it's worked because you know i haven't read it again but more generally it seems like from my um brief research um, perusing the web online about like what this tools for thought uh, sector is about. It it seems that it's about kind of like productivity and extending the mind through software. And it got me thinking about what would it look like to, um, uh, you know, build software that centers our body, right? And our connection to each other, our body and belonging um, instead of centering just the mind. So that's where kind of like the seed of this newsletter is coming from. And um, I kind of ended, uh, I ended the newsletter as I do with some questions for you. Um, and a few of the questions were like, when do you feel most held by loved ones? When, if ever, do you feel held? by software? Um, and is there like an activation of your sensorium um, that supports these feelings of being held, whether it's through taste, through smell, through sound, touch, vision, um, feeling, etc. cetera. And um, something that I got back from Instagram, like a response to this that I got back from Instagram was like, uh, when do we feel most held by our loved ones? It's in fellowship around the table, right? It's sharing a vacation together. Um, it's working together creatively. And to this, right, my question is, why isn't a key part of the software development process to start with a body scan? and reflect on when we felt most held by loved ones, right? Whether it's around the table, sharing a vacation together and working together creatively and like dropping into the memory of that, right? What are you smelling? 
Is the sand cool or warm? What music is playing? Asking like, what makes this collaboration feel safe? Right? What if a part of the software development process was to drop into the space of like somatic memory and to do a body scan as we dropped in to really start to put ourselves back into a place where we felt held, where we felt like we belonged, right? What, is our, what, what do our senses remember of that place, right? And what if we develop software from the starting point of engaging that sensorium? Like imagine that shit, right? Imagine software that centers the needs of our bodies and belonging instead of, right? Centering um, how much capital can be extracted from us, um, how we can work more efficiently and more productive, more productively and um, instead of, uh, a software that centers like figuring out how all of our personal belongings can then become, do you know what I mean? Like um, tools for like extracting capital out of. And here again, like last week, I'm thinking about things like Uber um, and DoorDash and um, Airbnb, um, right? It'd be one thing if we were like, if this was about sharing resources, that would be radical. But um, right inside capitalism, we know that that's not what's what's happening and what is not like the core, the core missions and values and kind of like center of, of, of those platforms. So again, let's return to this question, right? How does imagining software through our senses shift the values and behaviors that get coded onto the platform? I'm going to ask that again, because I, I really want to know the answer to this question. <laughs> How does imagining software through our senses shift the values and behaviors that get coded on to the platform? I would really, really love to think through this um, deeply and moving forward with y'all and um if you're listening, email me, info at cedarschool.com, right? I'd love to hear your, your reflection on that question. Um, and if you were multitasking, like let's let's let let's come back. I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat the question one more time. How does imagining software through our senses shift the values and behaviors that get coded onto the platform? I do not have an answer to that question. And this is why I created Cedar School because I want to wade through and inside this question with you. Um, and I want to build this software with you and alongside you, right? Build the software that centers in, a, in like, um, starts with our body so that different behaviors and different values can get coded onto the platforms that um, have become the fabric of our everyday lives living on these platforms has become gotten really, really woven into our internal 
and social lives. Um, and I want to think and practice through this together, right? What does it look like to return to our ecosystems, natural and social, right? I use this word natural, quote unquote, um, but natural and social, like what does it look like to return to our e ecosystems, make memories there and have those memories inform the software that connects us, that organizes the trip, right? That organizes the vacation, that helps us do the work we love so we can return to our ecosystems again, gathering around the table, sharing a vacation in the cab in a cabin in the forest and working together on that zine, right? What happens when we develop and maintain software from inside this loop, right? Starting with our bodies and our sensorium and uh, that felt somatic sense and memory of belonging, developing software from that place, inspired by that place, having that software connect us again to our bodies and each other and our sensorium and memories of belonging. <laughs> right, and then again, kind of um, finding, using software again to continue to facilitate this loop. Um, whether it's like a radical booking website, uh, Airbnb style platform that is cooperatively owned by people who um, are experimenting with food sovereignty and want to welcome people onto, onto their land. And they have extra guest space, right? This is like an Airbnb, Airbnb type um, cooperatively owned platform for people who have farms and want to do some sort of like work share, um, skill share for a place to stay type of thing. I don't know. I'm just making things up, right? But I'm just thinking about a platform that will connect us to our bodies and how that connection to our bodies can then in inspire other, other software that gets built um, in the same vein and starting seated in the same place of belonging. So if you're also curious about what happens when we develop and maintain software from inside this loop of belonging, um, please sign up for a, a free discovery call at seedoschool.com or via the link in the show notes. I love to continue talking through this with you and also like share some ideas of what that might look like and possibly if it's aligned with your goals um, and needs right now, help you build that software, right? We, we teach you how to build um, web apps using HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Uh, we teach you how to build the front end and the back end of these web apps. So I, I hope you join us and please shoot me an email at info at cdschool.com. Again, if you um, want to respond to any and all of the above, um, I'd love to hear from you. The whole point of this podcast and my favorite part of this podcast is responding to y'all's thoughts and responding to y'all's reflection right? Because all of this is very wet and sticky and slippery, right? The paint has not dried on any of these ideas and anything I say publicly, right? I am very much so kind of like in um, 
in the slipperiness of this emergent space with you. And I'm very much so speculating with you and alongside you. Um, so please shoot me an email if you want to respond to, to anything I've said thus far. And I'd love to continue thinking with y'all and in, 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 um, responding to y'all as we as we speculate on what lavender software even is and what belonging smells like, right? So until next week, um, I hope you find ways to be held this weekend. Talk to you soon. Peace.